This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I are joined by a good friend and a former co-host of our college radio show, The Full Court Press, Jamie Dodane. And she is here to talk everything of the Final Four. Of course, the North Carolina-Duke rivalry. Does Villanova have enough to beat Kansas? And also reminisce a little bit of our old college show that we loved and we spent a lot of time working together. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So all that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast with Josh and Ben and Jamie. So technically, we could say it's like a full court press episode or reunion. I don't know how we want to put it. But uh, Jamie, thank you for joining Josh and I. Uh, is it exciting to be back with us in like a sport world? It is. I, I miss it. I really do. I miss the full court press. So this was really great that I got to come back. Thank yeah, you for having me. <laughs> of course. And Josh, you're kind of the one that kind of spearheaded this. Like, hey, let's bring Jamie on. Why did we do that? There's something that's cooking. I could kind of tell between what you guys are wearing today. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we talked about the possibility of a rigged tournament. And if it was rigged. rigged, there would be a North Carolina Duke matchup in the final four. And after it happened, I was like, we got to make this happen. Because we had also in a text messages talked about bringing Jamie back on for a possible reunion. And this weekend seemed like the time to do it. Have a resident Carolina fan and a resident Duke fan and just have Ben sitting there listening to us fight back and forth. Go back and forth. We love that. All I'm wearing is, I'm just going to let you know, I'm wearing a, a West Liberty, uh, you know, football sweatshirt just to give my little dig into Jamie a little bit. So I could have know, also worn my Mechanicsburg football sweatshirt because we also beat you. So it's. I know. So if you don't know, if th- oh. those are listening, uh, especially Hungarians, you're like, what? This is weird. Um, so Jamie went to like my arch rival high school. Like it's just like this hatred that goes back to when my mom and dad, my mom and her brothers were in school. Right. So, um, there's been waves times West Liberty has been better times with mechanicsburg has been better for some reason lately. It's just no coaching at West Liberty. So that's, we'll just leave it at that. Do we have a beef Ben? Because I have one with Jamie in fandom. You guys have, have one. one? With I mean, we have, I mean, I guess we have like the, the guardians and red, but that's not really B because they both suck. So we I just don't... kind of both, uh, I guess, high five at how much our yeah, team. I, I we just, they just suck. So I, I don't really, I mean, you, in a way though, like you give digs at me with a highest state all the time. So I guess that's kind of like a, in a sense, a we don't, but we're just nice to each other. We just, we have this working relationship. That's really nice. I'm nice. You know you are, Jamie. I'm not saying you're not. I'm just, you know. I'm just like, saying. yeah, we're nice to each other. Jamie's just here. Okay. She's just there. Um, but uh, yeah, so so Josh, we have the final four. We talked about last week how it would be a, kind of funny if it is kind of rigged in a sense, right? But it is interesting to see both Duke and North Carolina and Kansas and Villanova. Like there, I read some like four blue bloods, kind of like four teams that. We thought this year, I remember we'd said this a few weeks ago, and I said this with Aaron on the podcast a few weeks ago too, that I thought it was going to be a really weird year where there's going to be a ton of upsets. We're going to see like, you know, five, eight seeds go to the final four, or like the elite eight, then like three of them go to the final four or something like that. Right. Um, but it's fascinating to see how it all works out at the end. And we have the best four teams, you know, I think uh, left. So, uh, First, Jamie, let, let's hear your thoughts as someone that obviously played the game of basketball at the college level. What has been your experience here with the uh, whole March Madness this year? It's been really exciting. I feel there were a ton of curveballs. Also, 
I mean, you had St. Peter's, their Cinderella team. Yep. The Peacocks. I, the Peacocks. Right? Like 15 seed. I figured, you know, they'd go a couple games. But then when they beat Purdue, I was like, look at them go. And not that I didn't want to see the matchup of Duke and North Carolina, but I was kind of like, I wanted to see how far they could go. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was really good. I My bracket was busted. It is. Oh, of course. It is destroyed. So that has been terrible but fun at the same time you know there were a lot of just different curveballs I felt like and I'm excited I'm excited to beat Josh on his birthday so it's terrible for you <laughs> oh we're getting deep today we and are action um no I yeah so Josh now we've heard kind of let's give your thoughts Josh on this kind of we've mentioned it a little bit last week but as you now down to the final four teams what has kind of been the thing that popped out to you, you know, this this tournament this year? I, I will kind of echo with you that it's kind of interesting how even with all the upsets that happened in the first round, all these good teams get knocked out. Once all the dust settles, we end up with four teams that I think any given year you would expect to be there. Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Villanova. I mean, yeah. they're, they're the Blue Bloods. They, they really run uh, college basketball with a select few other teams. But also, since Jimmy brought up St. Peter's, I've been joking with some people like, wouldn't it be uh, better for North Carolina to lose to UCLA so that we wouldn't have to face the possibility of losing to a 15 seed? That is <laughs> like St. Peter's. That but is true. To Carolina's credit, they showed uh, everybody how to handle 15 seeds by winning. I think I think the final score was like 20, 25 points, something like that. So very uh, easily handled St. Peter's. And you could tell in that game early on that Carolina was just uh, going to be hot. That's been a common theme of among a lot of their games this tournament is just hot yeah. start. And they just never look back. I think I will miss the Peacocks. Like just in general, like there was this guy I saw on TikTok and he's like, all his thing was like, he picked both upsets. He's like, you just don't mess with the peacocks. Like, and it was on national peacock day, by the way, when they beat Purdue, which I thought was just weird. Like yeah, super that, weird. Like you talk about rigged Ben. We talk about That's rigged. rigged. How is that not rigged? That's all I'm going to say. Also sh their coach Shaheen Holloway, how much money is he going to make at the next job? That well, he no, you know, do you, not I don't know if you heard. Paid. No, he actually, so there he's in talks with Seton hall, which is his alma mater who he led the team to Sweet 16 years ago. And now he's looking back, which I think is really funny because in his whole speech, he's like, it's us against the world. And he's like, ah, by the way, peace out. I'm, uh, I'm on I'm like, like, money. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Jamie, I know you, you obviously have been in, in big games and in different, you know, in college and in high school and in and, and different times. What is it? What do you think it's like for some of these guys, especially the smaller schools, right? Like the big schools, these dudes, they're prepared for it all year. But some of these right. smaller schools, like St. Peter's, you know, even Miami, in a sense, as a 10 seed, like, what is it like for them in these big stages when you're necessarily not used to playing these tough teams? You definitely go in and you know you're the underdog. You know that everyone has counted you out already. And so it's you go in, you prepare the best that you can. But you have to go in knowing that it's you, your teammates. That's These are the only people you have. Everyone in the stadium yeah. is against yeah. you. And it's just going in. You play every game like your last. And so St. Peter's going in as a 15 seed. They're like, okay. They're probably at that point thrilled they made the tournament, right? <laughs> but then you go in and you have nothing to lose. Yeah. And so you yeah. go in and you say, I'm going to play to the best of my ability. I'm going to give it everything that I have. Because at the end of the day, this this is what you have. And if it's over, if it ends, you're right back where you started, right? Mm. So why not give it a shot? Don't go in thinking, oh, we're going to lose at the end. You go in thinking you are going to mow over every team that you play. And that's the mentality you have to play with. Because if you don't, 
then you do lose. That's where bigger mistakes come in. A better team is going to capitalize against it. Yeah. But if you keep the momentum going, it's hard for someone to recover. Any team can beat any team on any given day. And That's, so the bigger team comes in and they're like, oh, you're the small school. Who are you? We haven't heard of you. We're going to run you over. That's when you lose. Yeah, I'll be honest. That is like the best thing about March Madness. And I think, Josh, we talked about this last week. That's just what makes March Madness one of the most interesting things in all of sports. Like you can't come over here to Europe. Like I'm in Europe right now. You can't look at anything they do and go like, that's like March Madness, right? Like there, there was a guy on YouTube that is American living in Germany. He like did a video on like breaking down what March Madness is for Germans. Cause they have no idea what it is. Like what is, it doesn't make sense, but it's so cool because you have these teams who never even played a big school all year. You know, they were like, you know, 18 and 13. Right. And then come in and, and do the damage. So I, it's very fascinating. Also like even the women's tournament this year, UConn, of course it's rigged because they're once again, the final four, we're just not going to talk about that. It's rigged more than you never know. Um, but so Josh, going into this game uh versus uh duke and north carolina what are what are your feelings we'll, we'll get we'll get jamie's here in a second but what are your feelings going into this both from like the side of you know this is a big game it's a rivalry but it's also like hey this gets us to the big one yeah so i think there's a i was trying to dig through because i haven't watched duke's other outside of just the carolina games this season but uh they lost to Ohio Art State, just pointing that out. Just thought I'd <laughs> mention that. Wait, ben. Thank you, thank you. But interesting, both teams have beaten a 15 seed and a 4 seed to get to this point. Then UNC also has beaten a 1 and a 9. Duke has beaten a 3 and a 7. So collectively, the seeds that their opponents have combined, 229 each. So I guess you could argue they both had, I guess, a similar challenging path to get here. Um Duke has also gone through some adversity like Carolina. Duke has trailed at the half to Texas Tech and had to fight back to yeah. win that one. Carolina had to overcome uh, Brady Manick's ejection and Caleb Love fouling out in that Baylor game where they nearly blew a 25-point lead only to go into overtime and save it. So I was rooting I, for DeMond Parker at that moment because he's a GA with Baylor. And I was like, you know, I'm yeah. kind of pulling for DeMond to get a little farther with his team. But, you know. I'll, yeah, I'll so both, both of them have kind of had to deal with a little bit of adversity. Both teams really passed the ball well, too, at least yeah, in the ACC. Duke and Carolina were the two teams that led in assists per game. Uh, the one area that Duke really does have an advantage, though, is the is shooting and scoring. Like, I think they're yeah. third in the nation in shooting percentage. Yeah. They're eighth in the nation in points per game. So Carolina is definitely going to have to come out here, uh, especially on the defensive end, if they want to have a yeah. shot in this one. But I feel like Carolina on the offensive end has also been getting off to some hot starts. They've been kind of surprised me with uh, the way they've been scoring. Uh, it's been a very balanced attack. It seems like somebody new on the team takes over, which is very unique compared to, I guess, past Carolina teams. Yeah. Because you don't know if it's going to be Brady Mannix night. You don't know if it's going to be RJ Davis's night or if it's going to be Armando Baycott's night. And then the UCL game, it was Caleb Love's night. He hits the three that I think really shifted the momentum from uh, UCLA to Carolina side. So there's this is a game that I'm really excited for, Ben. And then let me just back up here a little bit and talk about if this was rigged again because i want to give you my full <laughs> theory on this before we go any further so coach k we want to make oh, a perfect geez. coach k 30 for 30 in the future and we need his last year to be perfect right so wouldn't it make sense to to not lose to North Carolina, to lose to North Carolina, North Carolina in, the in that last home game where it was like a sure thing that Duke was going to win, right? Because Coach K is not going to lose his last home game, and then he loses. Now he has to go on a revenge tour to win his last tournament, 
And while on the way there to the championship, why not line up a Final Four matchup with Carolina? Get past the team that beat you in that last regular season matchup, but also featured the greatest rivalry in college basketball history for the first time ever in tournament play, by the way. Beat them, then go on to the national championship and win. By the way, in my bracket, I bit, I did pick Duke to defeat Kansas, so I am still in line for Stop that Stop it, happen. Josh. I don't want to hear this, okay? Mine's freaking crap. My bracket's okay? garbage anyway, Ben. I'm only Gosh. liking the 50th percentile. Dude, I didn't have – I had, I I had one eight Elite Eight team. I'm just going to point that out there, okay? Dude, Only I was bad. Oh. Dude, I was bad this year. Okay? There's, there's so many good storylines, especially in the coaching matchup. Like Hubert Davis being in his first season and Coach K being in his last season. Like I was, I was talking with uh, my former roommate and one of my good friends, Andrew Yunt. We're yes, both Carolina fans. We're talking about all the storylines could add up to this being one of the most expensive tickets in sports Ooh. history. Yeah. However. I was checking on StubHub before this, and the cheapest ticket's three hundred thirty-four dollars. Oh, so I'm kind okay. Of disappointed that it's that affordable to get to this game. Josh, are you going? Josh, is that? I am not going, okay. unfortunately. Now, they're, they're not going to pay a little bit out of my price range, but maybe someday I'll get to cover games like these. Yeah, that, that's true. I am, I am excited. I'm going to have fun this week because I totally expect Duke to come out and win this game and the <laughs> national championship. But I will be glad if I am wrong. So I'm I just going to have my fun talking <laughs> So, Jamie, now that yeah. we hear, you know, obviously, I believe Josh has is, is been rigged. I mean, Coach K, like, paid, obviously, the NCAA committee to freaking get this perfect. Um, what would you say? That is fine. Yeah, so as a Duke fan, you've watched this season. And I'll be honest, Duke's had a weird up-and-down year at times. Like, they've yeah. lost to some teams they shouldn't have. To be honest, Ohio State, they should have beat Ohio State by, like, 30. Yeah, shouldn't have lost. Easily, easily. Um and then in the ACC, they had some ups and downs, obviously, against North Carolina. Um, and you know Coach K is not going to go down without a fight. And you know he's going to try to win this national title. I mean, it's the perfect way to go out, right? So, as a Duke fan, someone that watches them, give me your thoughts on the game and that whole this whole idea that's going on. All right. Well, like you said, they did have a pretty rocky season. And so, with that being said, like I feel like going into tournament time, no matter what team you are, you come in with a clean slate. You don't go in thinking – oh, yeah, the last time we met, we lost them because obviously the last time we yeah. met in North Carolina, we lost, which then you could argue that the time before that, we won by 20, so it's kind of a wash there, right? But in the tournament thus far, they've been consistently getting to the free throw line. They're shooting close to 55% from the field, which North Carolina is 0-6 against teams that have shot 51% from the field against them. <laughs> so if we're keeping the trend and if they let Duke shoot over 51%, it's probably a loss for UNC. Right. Like Josh said, they both have really good offensive movement, but I think Duke capitalizes a little more just because they are shooting better in the tournament thus they far. Got the they got probably one of the best players mean, in the game, too. They got probably one of the best players in the college basketball, if not the exactly, best. Exactly. But it also doesn't mean that this isn't the game that UNC gets hot. Right? That's true. Like, they have had dry spells, but so has Duke, and it's just kind of like when the game gets into a lull now, it's who's going to capitalize in scoring or are they both going to go dry? Yeah. It's going to come back down to that. I think probably North Carolina is going to be head going into the halves and then Duke's going to come out and win it at the end is what I think. One that other is, thing, yeah. Jamie, you can tell me about Duke's death, but one thing that has concerned me this whole tournament with Carolina is how much of a lack of depth there is on the roster. The starters play a lot of minutes. I think uh, between uh, – Caleb Love, Brady Manick, and it might have been R.J. Davis in the UCLA game. I think there was only three minutes that 
they didn't play like Caleb Love played all 40 minutes. They only had two guys come off the bench and contribute 15 minutes. How's Duke's depth in comparison to that? Um, I think they have a little bit better depth, but I also think we only rotate. I mean, they have a pretty strong six man rotation with like Trevor Keels coming off the bench. And I think we rely heavily on younger players, which hasn't been a problem thus far. You know, we have a freshman starting out there. He's doing great. He's entering the NBA draft, which is good for him, right? A little bit sucks for the rest of the years of Duke, but it's fine. I think that depth will also be a little bit of a problem, and it's going to be relying on younger guys where you would have a more veteran team. So I think that comes down to who plays better in the long haul and who doesn't foul out. I mean, I'm just going to be honest, though, Josh. I think you guys have the X factor in Mr. Redbeard. I mean... <laughs> The man, the man looks like Bill Walton from like the 1970s and just makes me go, I want this dude in a dog fight with me. Just throw him under the basket and let him just throw some elbows. Did you like, see I'm the photos the that they were showing of him at Oklahoma? Like when yeah, he was yeah, bald he looks and no so beard weird. and then he had looks just the hair and it's like, what are you doing with that? And then he had the beard. Now he looks like more of a normal guy, like quite dude, the looks, glow up from dude, he's first a, year to last year, right? He's a freaky looking dude. Yeah, like, Manic, I, Manic really is an X factor though, dude. Like Carolina is at their best when Baycott can dominate inside. RJ Davis can kind of spread the floor with his three-point shooting and then that just opens the door for Manic to just be a sniper out there. So, okay. So we got kind of our thoughts going into this game here and what we think. Uh, for me, I just I just hope it's a good game because I, I, I hate when you go to the Final Four and it's like a blowout because then I to me it's like, well, I got hyped up for this and it's kind of boring. Um, but my, my idea is who are the X Factors? I know, Josh, you kind of just said it, but um, Josh, go ahead for North Carolina. Do you think the X Factor or the X Factors – and then Jamie can follow with the X factor for Duke that would make the difference in this game in the long haul. So Josh. Yeah, I think, I think it's gotta be manic. Uh, we can usually rely on Armando Baycott to get a double, double. That's been pretty, uh, it's become the norm for him. We know that he's going to get that. Um, and then manic stepping outside and being able to hit those threes is really mm -hmm. big, but then you, I think we need a, another guy to come around and put up, you know, 20 to 30 points. And that's been Caleb love and RJ Davis, uh, like I said earlier, it's been a different guy, it seems like, each time, but we really need Manic to be able to step up. We also need to make sure that uh, nobody's fouling out or getting ejected because, like I told you, with our lack of depth, that nearly cost us against Baylor. We were clinging to a 25-point lead, pulled out in overtime. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's necessarily one. I would, I would say it's Manic. It just seems like when he's hitting, everything's going good. But we really need the starting lineup as a whole to uh, come and play yeah. because we don't have the depth. Jamie, what about you? What, who's that X factor you say in this game that can make or break for Duke? Hmm. I'm kind of like Josh. I feel like you need a whole team cohesively. Yeah. So, like, obviously, Mark Williams is going to be big. He's a leader on the floor. But Jeremy Roach has to play well as our point guard. Obviously, he's not, like, our biggest leading scorer, but he's an effective distributor. So can he get it to the people that are scoring the points? You have A.J. Griffin, Wendell Moore. Obviously, we have our freshman, Vanchero. Trevor Keel's coming off the bench. I feel like his energy that is going to reflect how people play. So if he comes off the bench slow, being that first sub in, I think that sets the pace. So really your six man off the bench, he becomes an extension of the starting five. And so if he comes out crappy, I think that that's going to set the tone for us. So he has to come out with a lot of energy. I know it's a lot of pressure to put on a person, but if you're coming off the bench and you're not adding any value at that point, it just continues to be a sinking ship. Yeah, and I would even say on top of that, right? Like, 
I've noticed in all the Final Four games, right? Like, who, who comes out in these games in the Final Four? It's always the team that has the hustle, that has the physicalness. Um, I look back at, like, the reason why I feel like Gonzaga has never been able to win a national title is because I think they just get out-muscled. I mean, I looked at them what way they played this year. And when they played against a good team, I mean, Holgram's great, right? Like, he's seven foot one, huge wingspan, and he, but he's a skinny dude. Like, he, he's thin, right? Like, you need a guy like that Duke and North Carolina always have one guy. There's always one guy on their team that just is like, you know, thinking of Tyler Hansborough, thinking of some of these guys that just that all they care about is just putting bodies on each other and just, you know, going up and getting a board, right? So my question for you guys is, as this, will this go down? Do you think this will go down as the greatest game in, in the rivalry? Could it, does it have that potential to be the greatest game in the rivalry? The end of Coach K's legacy versus UNC, what do you think, Jamie? What do you think? Could this go down as the, the most epic game? Oh, yeah. It's Coach King's last game, right? Potentially. It's his last year. So this is going to be their last meeting with Coach K at the helm. So I think this is going to be. And, and Roy Williams. And Roy Williams might be in the house. So you might have, like, the old the old guy sitting there in the stands, yeah. too. So Roy's been there every game so far. Uh, he definitely isn't going to miss this one. Josh, no, what about either. what about you, Josh? What do you think? Is this gonna yeah. or is this? Do you think it's gonna be more disappointing than than more of an epic show? I think I think it's gonna be a good one. I think it's gonna be a good one. It, it would. I'd be very disappointed if this was you know a double digit loss for either side. But yeah. even if it was a Carolina win by double digits, I'd I'd be kind of annoyed by Duke not giving us a better fight. But like I told you earlier, I'm not expecting Carolina to win to begin with. So I just hope that this is, you know, potentially an overtime game. Maybe it's a buzzer beater game, something along those lines. Josh, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like we're talking like Browns fans right now. You're talking so it's like, guys, you know, like we have great talent. I don't expect a win. We have great talent, but we don't expect a win. But but to be fair, dude, we're in the final four. We're in the playoffs. This is like playing in the AFC championship game. Okay, you have to just regular season game with like the Houston Texans. You know what I mean? Oh gosh, yeah. We'll we'll get Jamie's thoughts on that here at the end of the show. But uh so what is score predictions here? Score predictions. Uh Jamie, what what's some score I, predictions for you? I was winning by five, eighty-one seventy-six. Ooh. I think it's gonna come down to we get to the basket better. I think they're gonna get in foul trouble and we're gonna make free throws down the stretch. Ooh. So I think it's gonna come down to free throws, is what I think. Okay. Okay. I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring. I think it's going to be maybe like a Duke 98 to Carolina 95. Ooh, I would love that. Oh, I would love Carolina's that. Carolina's been, I mean, Carolina's been scoring in like the 90s, these games, dude. Like really the UCLA game was their only hiccup offensively. I think they only shot 40% in that one, but make it off to these hot starts. And Duke, we know that they're a high scoring team as well. So, you know, the, the adrenaline's going to be running and I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. I like it. I, uh, I've, I've kind of been weird. I've been, I've talked to my brother about this, like figuring out the score, right? Like what was it going to be? It was going to be high scoring, low scoring. I'm going for like one of those weird, like final four scores of like, you know, like 58 to like 54. It's just a, it's just a slug fest. So I'm going with like a slug fest and I'm choosing, I'm going UNC just because, really? just because listen, it's this year, Jamie, I look at the tournament this year, Jamie, and I look and every time, every time on my bracket, I've chosen a, the better team, They've screwed me over, okay? So I'm just a little salty. I'm sorry if I take it out on Duke, but I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to pull out the punches here and go, I, I, you know, <laughs> Coach K, I love him. He's one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time in college basketball. And I just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I was just checking too, Ben. John Wooden won a national championship last season too. 
This is this is like no so pressure. Just, no, no pressure. I know, all. right? Uh, you know? And I love when I love when they called him. What was it? Was Banchero? Did he call him like the goat? And he's like, "Shut up, shut up." <laughs> yeah, you like stop talking. I was loving it. This was like the it was like the greatest phrase. Like, just shut up. <laughs> I don't care, you know. And that, awesome. that's, I, like, I love Coach K. He's yeah. a no nonsense kind of guy. He's just like he'll joke with you a little bit, but then he's like, "No." <laughs> Do you think? Okay, now you play for Coach Martin in college. Right? and coach mm-hmm. Hoffman, but coach Martin, you played at the beginning. Do you ever like, do you ever think there's similarities between like coach K's personality and coach Martin at all, or like the Koji styles or the way they handle practices or anything like that? Um, I would say probably coach K is a little more intense, like consistently, but yeah. coach Martin is very intense. Like he could joke around a little bit. I will never forget the one game we, we went out, we were definitely supposed to win and we played terrible we came in the locker room and coach martin goes don't even bring your basketball shoes tomorrow bring your running shoes and we ran for three hours just sprints everything and then when we were done with that i thought we were going to get ripped like we just thought that we were going to go out get ripped he didn't when practice was over he was like all right see you ladies tomorrow bring your shoes and walked out i was like oh my goodness i thought we were dead i mean did we die a little bit yeah a lot so Goodness. I feel like Coach K is overall more intense, but Coach Martin can get to that level real quick if you make him get there. Yeah, it it is kind of crazy. Yeah, As an just... outsider to both situations, I feel like they both kind of have a certain humility about him too. Like yes. everybody knows how great yeah. of a coach they are, but they don't really want any part of that or want to talk about yeah. it. So, like, I mean, yeah. I remember, I mean, if you guys remember when we, on the full court press, since it's kind of a reunion, we might as well talk about it. Remember when we had him on, like it right, was so like thing. he didn't want to talk. Like we had to like pry him to like, hey. Oh yeah, he, like, he is very explain. humble. You're kind of a good coach, right? Yeah, uh, like, you're a great coach. <laughs> He's like, oh, I mean, I don't know. I still have the job, so probably. And that was like Coach Clark though too. Like when we did with her with the volleyball, she didn't open up either. I'm like, guys, we brought you on to like share your testimony and yeah. everything that's going on, right? But you know, that's just funny. Yeah. But uh, so I I think it's interesting. Um, this whole thing is interesting to me because like coach K is like, obviously one of the really one of the greatest coaches of all time. I think in any sport, really, if you look at it, you know, he's been coaching for what, 30, 40 years. I think it's just fascinating to he's me. Win in like six straight decades. Dude, it's ridiculous. It's unreal. Um, but for you uh, specifically, Jamie, you look back at your basketball career. So we're going to move to the other game here in a second. If you look back at your basketball career, is there one time where, like that memory is always going to stick with you. Like coach K I'm sure has many of them, but for you specifically on the court, is there that one memory that kind of just says like, this will always be what I remember. I tell my kids, my grandkids and stuff like that. Oh, I know you have a lot. I, there is, oh, there's a ton. I probably throughout all of it. I would go back to, I would go back to high school. Yeah. Just yeah. tournament time. I was a sophomore. We had the best season. We ended up being, the most winningest team in our school that year. But when it started out, we didn't have a ton of people at our games. And then as it went on, we built up and we went into our tournament game and we were playing Rushi and no one, literally no one thought we were going to win the game. We had played terrible the game before against Fairlawn, who we should have blown out. And I just remember going into that game and thinking, you know, this is, this is it. We either win here or I, I got to play with my older sister that year. She was a senior. I was like, we either win and I get to continue to play with her or this is it. We played like absolute crap 
the first half, the first quarter, this is the moment that I will remember. My sister and I are standing over at the bench. We're shooting free throws. And my mom's a coach. She's like, I will rip you out of this game. And my sister goes, do it. Who are you going to put in? Because we had a ton of people sick. We were sick that whole tournament. And she's like, who are you going to put in? They're going to throw up if they even step on the floor. <laughs> and I'm standing there. I'm just drinking my water. I'm like, yeah, yeah. What she said, like, are you going you gonna to take us out? My mom's like, just be better. And then we did. We went on like a 20, went on a 20-0 streak going there. Just outscored him and then ended up just absolutely dogging Rushi. But I will never forget that. I was like, oh, one. Like you just, I don't know that I talked that way to my coach in general. And then I was like, oh, this is mom. So like, if we go home, she's still there. Like everyone else gets to leave their coach. I don't. So I'm like, oh, but then yeah. we did. We ended up winning. We ended up winning regionals. We made it to the district finals that year, which was really great. But I will never forget my mom, the intensity that she had. And my sister was like, do it. That is a great story. And speaking of her mom, I did summer refing, okay? Never be a summer ref with her mom as a coach. I, I'm doing this for like freaking ten dollars a game, not even that. Not even. We and, have pennies. And somehow, somehow, every game Mechanicsburg played, guess who was the ref? It was me. Jamie wasn't around. No, no one. It was me. So it was me and usually some rookie that has never refed before. And so I'm the one that has experience. And her, oh my goodness, I remember this. My mom rode you the whole game. I I was like on their side and she goes, she goes, Bowden? And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And the thing is like, she knows my my mom and my dad. Like they know like my family at West Liberty. It's kind of that whole thing, right? And, you know, she starts just nagging at me. I I just looked at her. I was like, look, I was like, it's summer ball. Like y'all, like I get paid $9 a game for this. Like, like, and she just looks at me and goes, yeah. I'm like, she's like, but it's a ball game. I'm like, yeah, half these girls are playing soccer right now. They don't even care. And I was just, I was dying. Like I was laughing inside, but I was getting like, so like, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is like she's an intense lady. She, is. she really is. She's, she's amazing. Oh yeah. Just, My mom is intense. awesome. I had people in school ask me if my, they're like, is your mom like that at home? They said, do you, like, do you need help at home? I had one kid ask my mom beat me at home. And I was like, no, she's just very competitive. I was like, she just gets into it at the moment. I was like, my mom is literally the sweetest lady outside of that. But if you meet her in the gym, you, you're going down. She's cool. She's, she don't mess around. Yeah. And Josh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty entertaining. It could be a movie about her mom and it would be one of the most funny movies of all time. I think it'd be very entertaining. Uh, but so we have this other game going on that obviously the winner. Yeah. The other game that's happening, you know, I know you don't care, but I have to kind of continue the conversation. So, um, so we have, we always have Duke versus North Carolina, whoever wins that faces the winner of Kentucky Villanova. Now I got to see Villanova uh, uh, play Ohio state. And I'll be honest, this is a very good defensive team. This might be one of the best defensive teams I have seen in like a really long time. Like the way they made a high state's two best scorers and like, you know, a third team all American and Liddell look like he'd not play basketball ever. Like to me was just like, wow, this Villanova team's good. Now the one thing about Villanova, I've, always, I've said this, 
if they don't have like two of their guys scoring, they tend to be very stagnant and they only score about 50 points a game. If they can get a couple guys going, they're fine. So I haven't watched much of Kansas. I just know that it's, you know, coached very well. They're, they're always coached. Well, it's Kansas. You're always expecting to be doing well. So uh, Josh, what do you think about this, this matchup here? Do you think it's going to be an interesting one? Is it going to be a low scoring? Do you think this could be uh, one that pushes the levels a little bit? I think it is going to be an interesting one, and I'm going to uh, go ahead and point out that I haven't seen either of them play in the tournament yet, so I can only tell you what I've seen in stat sheets and box scores. But That's always I'm going working. to go with – I'm going to agree with you, Ben, on the defensive play of Nova. They are a top-20 defense, I believe, in terms of yeah. points allowed and opponent field goal percentage. Kansas is also coming in as a top-25 offense, so that's going to be a nice clash right there of an elite offense versus an elite defense. But the other thing that I really like about Nova – and this is also important in tournament play, is that they are first in the nation in free throw percentage. They're, times, they're amazing. Oh, my God. How many word. times do we see in games where, uh, you know, it's about a four or five-point game and we're in the bonus and mm. some the other team that's trailing is just, you know, on the other end fouling, trying to, like, get a missed free throw and then go on the other end and hit a three to, like, close that gap. You're not yeah. going to be able to do that against these guys. No. So if, even if they have, like, that little lead, and I've noticed that, that you pointed out that they get in a lot of low scoring games. If you can make free throws and you can play good defense, you're usually going to come out on top in those situations or built to get out of those. Yeah. Another thing that I like about Nova is just, they seem to handle these games really well. Coach Jay Wright has won two natties in the last six seasons. So once they get down to like this final four stage, they really know what they're doing. Yeah. I I do like, I do like Nova. I I always liked coach, uh, you know, I, I mean, all these four coaches are really good coaches. And I think that's what makes it, that gives it shows, right? like the best coaches lead the best teams, you know, into the final four. And yeah. so I'm very interested. Jamie, I want to hear your thoughts. Obviously we, we talk about Villanova's defense. What is your thoughts for this game? You know, do you think it's going to be, an, is it going to be one of those interesting ones where it maybe it starts slow and then it picks up? Cause that's what the way Villanova plays. Or do you think this is going to be a completely different game? Okay. Well, starting off, I did have the point that Villanova is an excellent free throw shooting team. Number one excellent. in college right now, right? They're just Wow. You know, I wish, well, I could only wish that I shot free throws that good, right? But they can also make outside shots. They can tack from multiple angles. They have a very adaptive veteran team. I think their only downfall is, is they're not super deep and then more towards Achilles tendon. So he's out. And I think that's going to be big shoes to fill. So I think that Nova's still going to come out on top. I think it's going to be a very close game. Or like you said, so if they have multiple people scoring, they're really great. Yeah. But if they move down into only one or two guys are scoring, that's where I think Kansas is going to take them over because they do have a little bit of a deeper team and they do have a very good offense. So I think that's what it's going to come down to is filling more spot, which how do you do that this quickly? You don't very well, but you can try. And then it's going to come down to who fouls, free throws, or if Kansas just decides, hey, we have the momentum and we're going to run you over. Yeah, it's interesting because Gillespie, uh, if you guys watch him, I think that's his last name. I think that's his name. I I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's he's a guy that like one uh he's he had he averages like five assists a game or something like that. He he's very good passing the ball. I mean, he's making some really good passes, but he's like they're all around, like all around guy. Kind of reminded me of a guy that just does a little bit of everything. And he kind of tore up Ohio State. Like he he, he went on a run that then that caught, that's the thing about this team. And I think Jamie, you pointed out this team can go on like a drought of like eight minutes straight, but because they shoot like play good defense and then they shoot free throws by the end of the game. Yeah. You might've got back in it. Like Ohio state did, you know, Ohio state was down two with three minutes to go, but then they started having to foul and 
you know, Villanova goes in and they're actually, I believe on the rate to set the record for best free throw percentage in a, in a season. I think they're like right there with Harvard, I believe was the other team um, back in the nineties or something like that. So it's very fascinating. Uh, we all know that big games come down to free throws, um, but we've also seen really good free throw shooting teams kind of, uh, kind of come up with uh, missing free throws at the end of the games at times in these big games. So I'm interested to see what happens in this. I, so my personal pick, we'll, we'll go around picks here. My personal pick is I think uh, I just going to have to believe in what Villanova is doing. I know they've lost, you know, a, a guy, but I think their defense is going to keep them in this game. And I think they're going to end up winning. I'm, I have them winning 64 to 58. Um, I think it's going to be another low scoring game. I think we're gonna have two low scoring games. I'm shocking people here. Um, and uh, Josh, what do you got? Who do you got in this game? Yeah. Uh, I want to say Ben Villanova. I think they might have a little edge here, but I also did initially pick Kansas, but do I care about my bracket? Not really. So I'm going to go ahead and make a switch here and say Nova's going to come out on top on this one. There's just, I know that both of them have played some close games this tournament, but Kansas, I mean, they only beat Creighton by seven. They beat Providence by five. If Miami doesn't lose uh, a couple of their starters in that game, they might come out and of beating Kansas in that Elite Eight matchup. So I'm going to roll with, I'm going to roll with Nova in this one. I think what's, they, what's your uh, score prediction? What's the it's going to be a low scoring one as well. I'll go with uh, like a 60 to 55. There we go. There we go. And Jamie, what do we, what do we got here? I have Nova winning it. You know, I had him on my bracket, but like Josh, I really care about my bracket. It's been busted since forever now, but no, I still think Nova's going to come out on top. I'm going to put it at like kind of a mid scoring, I guess. But not really. I'm going to say Nova 72 with Kansas, like a 68. There we go. There we go. I'm going to say that down the stretch, they're going to make free throws. And that's what's going to bring it up to that high of a scoring game. But also, if you think about it, like muscle memory kicks in, so you should make them. But fatigue is also a very real thing. So they could miss down the stretch, too. But I think it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for the the final four games. I think they're gonna be great this year. Um, it is funny. The last time four blue teams, or like they consider them wearing blue, the last time that happened was when they were in New Orleans back in I think the nineties or something like that. So I think it's very fascinating. They're all wearing blue or their blue colors in their scheme, which just a fun little fact. My my wife noticed that, which was kind of funny. Um she's like, you know, they're all wearing blue. I'm like, thank you. Um you <laughs> beat me you. in your bracket. You beat oh, me in your bracket. <laughs> so yes, Jamie, you're whenever like you get the chance. Point, you're like good for you. <laughs> yes. If you watch the video that I posted on Instagram after this, we record this, you'll see that my wife called us mid midstream last week and let me know how bad I was at picking brackets. So it was very humbling moment. And Josh is sitting there just full on, just smiling the whole time. Just yeah, I like, him, I'm like, make sure you put that on speaker and hold it up to the mic. Yeah, he wanted to hear every closer. word, every word, but so, yeah, so that that's the final four. So we have, we have our, we have our, obviously the, you know, the winners of those games. Now, Jamie, who do you got winning it all? So I we have, have okay, Duke, of course, Duke versus Duke versus Nova. So yep. what, what is your, going to be your final score for that game? Uh, if, if that is what happens. So Duke versus well, Nova. If that happens, I think Duke's going to score a little more. I'm going to leave Nova kind of on the lower end, but obviously it's a championship game. So it might be a little bit closer. So I'm going to have Duke 92 Nova, like Ooh. 81. Ooh. I'm going, I'm going, there's a stretch. Ooh. I am. I just want to bury people. And especially with more being out, I feel like if they make it that far, then that's going to hurt them then in the final game. Oh, I, 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 
That's an interesting pick. Interesting pick. If he was there, I think maybe it'd be a little closer, but I still have Duke going on the top. I would have made it maybe like 91, 86, but I'm saying, well, Coach K. Coach K is going on top. Damn. <laughs> uh, so, Josh. Very biased. So, Josh, what do we got here? What are you, what are you going with for your I, national title? I got a Duke over Nova final two, and I'm going to go with like a 75 to 62 score. Right. I Ooh. think Carolina is going to put up a bigger fight than Nova, not necessarily because I think Carolina is a better team than Nova, but that, just the rivalry aspect is going to make that yeah. game so much more intense. So, once Duke gets over that, I think – not that it's going to be easier in the championship, but I think it's going to be a much easier environment to play in, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I think it's interesting. I I believe, this is my pick, I have North Carolina obviously beating Duke. So I have North Carolina, you know, winning it all as an eight seed. I, 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 I do agree with Jamie when she said, if they get past this game against Kansas, one, I think they're going to be worn out because I think losing someone like they did, you know, and, and a, a big contributor your team we've seen it in in college basketball whenever you lose a big big part of your offense your team it, it really struggles so i have north carolina winning 68 to 64 i think it's going to be a close one so i have north carolina win it all maybe i'll make josh happy you know because my bracket is just busted so i don't really care at this point um but that's what i have uh and so I, I know you would love to see it i know jamie would just let me know if this Duke does win. She's going to uh, let us close now. Oh, I will. Um, I'll let you know right away. hundred okay, percent. <laughs> that is true. Like, happy birthday, Josh. Did you see the game? Hey. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Jamie, there's obviously that that's the basketball side of things that's happening uh, okay. this, this weekend. Uh, we could talk women's basketball, but I just don't watch it enough. And I don't feel confident enough outside of maybe Jamie's about the only one here. I don't know about you, Josh. I don't watch enough college basketball. I'm just going to guess that UConn's going to win it all. Just going to put that out there now, okay? So that's, that's my pick to win it all. Probably save that consistently, like they do yeah, very well. They yeah. recruit very good players. And also because they have a Hungarian on their team, so she played for Ohio State. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, Jamie uh, Uhas. Yeah. Um, she played for Ohio State for three years and then transferred to UConn. So I have this like weird like Hungarian heart to it. That's so I'm my like, girl. she's winning it. All. That's it. She's winning it. <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. I, so I think, but also my, my dad watched it a little bit and he was kind of telling me, he believes that, um, is it Stanford? Yeah. Stanford, I think Stanford. was the team that he really thought could, could win it all. So that was kind of like my, you know, that sort of thing. It wasn't my dad. I was trying to do, sorry. My, my, my friend back home. I don't know why I said my dad It was my yeah. friend back home. I'm sorry. That was just weird. My Women's dad doesn't care. That doesn't care. Women's final four I'm looking at, Ben. We got three one seeds with Louisville and South Carolina, both ones. And then we got UConn at two versus one at Stanford. Yeah, I, I just going to have to go to UConn. I just think the the UConn, like, I don't know, rig system, it seems like every couple of years, it's just like the run of a UConn. Um, I'm going to go UConn. I don't, I don't know about you guys. Is Jamie, I know you watch probably women's basketball, I'm guessing. Do you watch it? Yeah, I do. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, you I thought so. Thought so. Yeah. That's why you're here. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so, what? Who do you got winning it all out of those four teams? Who Who do you think is going to come out on top? Um, I think Louisville is going to meet UConn in the finals. I think Stanford and UConn is going to be a close game. That's going to be a good one. But I do think UConn is going to come out on top. I think they're going to be a little upset. They were ranked two seed, which I mean, <laughs> rightfully so. They did need to be two. They weren't going to be one. But I think yeah. they're going to come out on top. And they got and the best they, player. They got the best player in the nation too. So I think that helps. Yep. So then I think they're going to come out on top. I thought Iowa was, was going to go further. That's than what I thought. Did. So I was really like kind of disappointed with that one. 
because that I would have put them higher. It's fine. My bracket is also crap for that one. Because <laughs> like we just do with my friends at least we do women's brackets anyway just to see like how we would do yeah that, yeah so i will really mess me up a little bit there but that's okay i still had uconn coming out on top and i think they'll meet louisville what about you josh who do you got coming out on top in this group i'm, I'm gonna be different here and go with stanford <laughs> okay that's fair that's actually a good that's pick that's fair, a good pick. You know? all right that's at a good this one. stage i feel like any picking either one of them would be an educated pick because they're all that good but I was pulling for South Dakota. You're not going to make much money betting on UConn, so I'm going to go with Stanford <laughs> here. That way, when I'm right, it'll be that much more sweet. That that is a that is a good 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 idea. Um, so that's the NCAA tournament. So guys, if you, this is the last week of college basketball, so for those out there that are watching, go go watch some of the games. It's good. I watch them over here, even though it's at like freaking. <laughs> you know, late at night. First game's going to be like midnight your time. Dude, shut up. I don't want to yeah. hear it. Okay. I, I, it sucks because I have the to like Carolina Duke ones, the late one, right? Yeah. No. Funny thing is I'll wake up when that's happening. So like in the morning I'll be waking up and it'll still be going on. So it's great. I can catch the end of the game and I miss like the whole first part, but it's wow. great. Um, but Jamie, I want to get your thoughts on some, some other topics, specifically NFL. How much do you follow the NFL? Let everyone know. How much do you follow the NFL? I will not lie to you. I don't follow a ton. I follow college football more than I do the NFL. Okay. So, but I have, really. but I have a, I have a question for you. Do you know the okay. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson situation? Have you heard I have of heard it? A little bit about it. Yes. Uh, yeah. What is your thought of? I, I just want to hear your thought coming from someone other than Josh and I, because we're Browns fans <laughs> and we just, you know, we have our own thoughts, but one from one as aspect of giving up pretty much your whole future for one guy, right? There's that aspect, but then what he's going through with all of the, you know, accusations of, you know, sexual assault and those kind of things as a, as a fan, or even though you're not a fan, but like as someone that would watch football or maybe root for the Browns at, and that sort of thing, like, is it at all? Like as, as a female as well, like, what is your thoughts on this whole situation? Like, do you think the Browns made a, a risky move? Was it a, is it like, we'll see what happens move or, or what's your thoughts? Okay. Well, one, like you said, um, putting all your eggs in one basket for one guy, that's dicey. It really is. No matter what level you're at, yeah, that's very dicey because he could either come out and perform very well and it pays off or he come out be mediocre and it doesn't pay off at all. And you've lost all these people for what to be a middle pack team, right? Yeah. Or he could just be terrible and just, yeah. just clunk out. Right. And so then your gamble didn't pay off at all. Um, going with the allegations that that's a very like touchy. And so I think a lot of fans like, are very torn between that yeah and so it's either like well i've been a browns fan forever and i'm going to support it or then you come in like oh i've been a browns fan forever but i don't really like the way that this went and so the allegations could either come out to be true and that's going to be very damaging and yeah. could either come out to be false but either way i think that that reputation will always precede him even if they do come out to be false people are always going to think of him in that light which is crap yeah. I think it's very crap. Even if, even if you are not guilty of anything, people will always tie you back to, Hey, do you remember when that guy had all these allegations against him? Now 22 is a lot though. That's a very yeah. hefty number of like stacks. So I wouldn't say that they're probably all false. Right. Yeah. But 
if they do come out to be positive, I think that he doesn't have, he has zero fan base. There, there's going to be a lot of pushback. There's already pushback for tagging him on. And there's going to be a ton of pushback. He's going to have zero fan base and no one, no one's going to want to play with him. No one's going to want to be around yeah. him. And I think at that point, they'd kick him out of the league, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. There's, we all are our own people and we make our own personal choices and the bed that you make is the one that you lie in. So mm. if that's really what happened mm. and that's what he did, then he dug his own grave. And I think he deserves everything that he gets. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting that you say that, Jamie, because I, I, I'm glad you, you said it from this perspective, right? Like Josh and I are obviously fans. So we have a weird perspective. Like Josh is definitely, he kind of hates the move. At, at, oh, the I am too part. pro Baker Mayfield to think this move yeah. was necessary to begin with. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's fair. And, yeah, and I also I come from the I agree with Josh. Like Josh and I both all year, like we since we you know since January we've been kind of saying like give him a chance. Like he was injured or whatever, and then this happens. Yeah. But this is my thing, right? Like I believe you know, I believe in second chances, right? And you know I think Cream Hunt. You look at you look at the Browns. They they signed Cream Hunt after he kicked a woman or punched a woman, whatever he did, right? And they gave him a shot, and he's cleaned up. Right. This one, though, is a different situation. You don't just have one woman or one instant that was caught on camera. You have multiple. And obviously, the grand jury has said, hey, we're not going to indict or whatever. But there's always, like you said, and that's, that's the thing I agree with you, Jamie, that's really hard for me is that people will always associate Deshaun Watson. Let's say that all these were lies and they just were made up. He'll never go a day in his life where people think he's a good man. He can do all the, the, the amazing things he wants but they're going to view him as that guy that, you know, he messed around with girls or he, you know, he did things wrong. And as an athlete myself and, and as someone that was out there playing and like, I, I thought, I never thought of that. Like what you said, like what, what, what maybe the teammates would think. I, I had never thought of that. Like, what would I be thinking if I'm sitting in there, you know, with a guy that has done this and maybe I have a daughter or I have a wife, like right. that's a, that's a situation that that's where I'm really interested to see how this plays out because the Browns gave him $230 million. They gave him almost a quarter of a billion dollars. And they also gave him, gave up three first round picks. And Josh and I talked about this last week. You're going with a guy that's probably most likely going to be suspended for at least half the year this year. And you're hoping that he can return to form, which he hasn't played in a long time. So again, Jamie, I agree with you. It's a, exactly. it's a tough situation. It's a weird thing like that. And Josh, I don't know about you, but I, has your mind changed at all over the last couple of weeks, Josh, or are you still kind of in that same Mindset. Still hasn't changed. I still feel like Deshaun Watson wasn't <laughs> that much better than Baker Mayfield. I think for a guy that has one playoff win in his career, has blown a 28-0 lead in the playoffs to the Chiefs, um, hasn't played football in over a year, that giving up not only three first-round picks, but handing him over $230 million fully guaranteed just was not the move. That was not I the move that. that was going to make money. the Browns a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, no. Yeah, I. it's just – I Mike – uh, my question is, you know, for, for Jamie, if you had, okay, this is my question. If you had all that money, Jamie, 230 million, that's a lot of money, right? That's, that's a lot of money. You know, this is going back to the old full court press days where I start adding weird yeah. questions at the end. Um, oh, yeah. but, right. uh, we'll, we'll get into our full court press rewind a little bit here in a second, but Jamie, if you had that much money, like, like, what would you do with it? Like, I know for me, I would freak out and I'd be like, I don't know, like, what am I supposed to do, like, with this chunk of cash that's now in Bitcoin. my Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Bitcoin, is that what you just said? <laughs> I would not go. I would not go the Bitcoin route, maybe. You know, I don't know. I haven't. Oh, 
Well, first of all, like I immediately go to like growing up. I mean, obviously I come from a middle-class family. Like we weren't Mm -hmm. over the top of, we weren't like struggling for anything, but my parents made sure that like my sisters and I had everything that we needed for sports, like took us to different AAU tournaments. Mm -hmm. Like our childhood was spent doing what we wanted to do. And like our parents did that. So I would help my parents pay off the rest of their house, like give the money back. And I'm not saying everyone would do this, but that's personally like that's immediately where I go to because my parents have supported me through everything. They supported my move to Wisconsin, helped me move out here. I would help my parents out. There's obviously they're not going to take up all of that money. That's so much. They wouldn't even, you know, I'd be like, Hey, here's, here's 4 million. (laughs) Right. You know, and then it does, that's like couch change compared to that. And so then there's still so many other things that you could yeah. do. Um, a lot of people I think would say, oh, I'd buy this huge house and I do this. I don't want a huge house. I want to travel. Like I, oh, I would like absolutely. a nice house, you know, a nice stable place to come back to. Go, go, go uh, buy a place in Europe. Dude, it's, right? it's amazing. You buy a place in Europe, then you can rent it the rest of the year. And you make money off of it. It's great. Exactly. There you go. Like I could travel. It would also be better for mission trips. Like you wouldn't have to raise that money, then you just have it. And so then you can give it to whatever mission you're going Ooh. to. I'm all about the mission trips. You know? Yeah. But there are just so many things I think you could find a lot of good causes. I'm not saying you need to donate all of it and stuff, you know, because you could you live very comfortably off of that, right? Yeah. You know, maybe I'd buy a couple outfits for my dog, little Ivy. She would look so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so go to some games you know i love it i love it it's simple but you're like you know this is what it is josh what about you 230 million josh what what are you doing with 230 million guaranteed money about bitcoin but i might buy a couple of them but i'd probably (laughs) go more i think the long the long game like with real estate and other investments of course josh try to not only set my future for or set a good future for myself but uh have my kids i guess be secured too as well down the road and i know like Everybody likes to talk about giving to charity and stuff like that. And I'm not trashing anybody that wants to do that. But everybody that's like, why don't you, that complains about rich people not giving more money. It's like, well, if you had it, I really don't think you would either. But there are are a couple of causes that I do care about that I might, you know, throw some, throw a few million at too. But the the priority would be, I guess, securing my future with some investments. And then I guess my kids as well. I like that you about your kids too. Because if they want to go to college, you'd have that. Like done yeah. for them, they could pick what they wanted to do. Right, like figure, yeah. just figuring out ways to grow that two thirty million into I don't know, maybe even a billion, because that's what all the other I guess billionaires try to do. Right, they're not just satisfied yeah. with reaching that one billion and then just spend it all on themselves. Like they're figuring out like how can I keep this growing? What kind of assets can I put this in? And I mean, okay. are they going to have five generations of kids like set for life now? Yeah. Yeah, it maybe is. I wouldn't have five generations set starting off with two thirty mil, but you never know. Yeah, yeah, that's, but boy, howdy! If you grow that, that's crazy. <laughs> it is fascinating because, like, for me, I think of the same thing. Like Jamie, as soon as you said that, I was like, same thing for me. Like my family, like it's one of the biggest parts of my life. Like you've met my family. Like we come from literally the yeah. countryside of of West Liberty. Like uh, my whole family's been farmers, like their whole lives. Right? My mom's lived in the same town her whole life, never left. Right? So one of the other things would be like also over here in Hungary, there's so many like things that I could put that money towards. Like my, my wife's family, like my in-laws, like they really need to retire. And it'd be like really cool if I ever had that money to like, just say, Hey, 
here's money, go, go like do what you want with it. You know, her dad will never retire. He's 73 and still working. So I, that poor man, that guy will just keep on working, but that'd be my thing. And then obviously being able to like, be able to like fly, like buy my own private jet. I say this not like to be greedy, but just like, so I could fly to places that I would like want to, that I don't, because I struggle in planes. I'm very tall. I don't fit well in planes. I would like to be able to fly like on my own time, on my own schedule, and then go see my family whenever I would want, especially if I'm here in Europe where it's like, you know, everything's kind of smaller and tighter and everything like that. So that's my thing. Now, since we're all back, since we'll finish the episode up with this, since we're all back. So if you guys didn't know, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you don't know, Jamie, Josh, and I were a part of the Full Court Press radio show, sports talk show on Resound Radio at Cedarville University. Um, it was my, it was uh, Jamie and I's freshman year. And then Josh, you were a Saw junior. You were a junior that year, right? Yeah. So you were a junior that year. So that was what we did. So uh, we did it for two years with all three of us together. So um, it was an amazing time. What what are some of the things, like maybe memories or thought, maybe some of the interviews we've had, some of those things that come back to you? Jamie, I'll start with you. What What are some of those like cool interviews that we did or cool conversations that come back to your head? Oh, we did get an interview a lot of people. Yeah. I think the one that I go back to all the time, just because they were so goofy, is Dan and Riley. Like, I just go back to that. And I'm like, you are two of the biggest goofballs I've ever met in my entire life. Yes. And they just, like, they kind of remind me of Napoleon Dynamite. Like, some of the jokes that they made were just so stupid, and that's why it made them funny. <laughs> and, like, obviously, then they played baseball. They were pretty good at that. Yeah. But I go back to that, and I'm just like, what did they call themselves? Fire and Ice or something oh, yeah. like that? Oh, yeah, I remember oh, that. Like, they had their whole like, nicknames. I don't know. I don't even know if that was it, but I was just, it was so off the wall that I was like, yeah, that, that okay. was, that was entertaining. Yeah. And I would say also with like, in a similar sense was when we did our practice episode before we even launched with Easton yeah. Mazzoli and we did, it was so weird and awkward and like, just like, it was, it was we asked him about ice cream and he like did this weird combination. I don't even know what he said. But we were like, we can't air this. Like he said things that were like, dude, this is like not what we can air on a Christian radio station by any means. But that that was one. For me, the best one was uh, Grace Norman bringing her medals and getting to hold her medals was like the coolest. Like that was so cool to me, like to hold a gold medal and a bronze medal. Um, And I still have a picture of myself holding it. So forever, I will tell my kids and my grandkids that I was a gold medalist. Um, Yeah, don't look it up on the internet, but it happened. It's there. I have a picture. Yeah, it's it's totally there. I I was in in curling. Uh, You know, that's that's what I was. Um, I want to curl. I really do. do. (laughs) Uh, So, Josh, what is uh, what is your um what is your kind of memory or some of the things uh still stuck out or stuck out to you over the time man before i say mine i just remembered our interview with grace no with grace do you remember the first question when i was telling people like since it was just an audio only podcast i was talking about how she had won some medals at the paralympics and i just wanted to preface it by telling everybody like what what her disability is like what you have or in this case don't have <laughs> Yeah, and then Matt, Matt, Andre, our producer, gave me like a hard time about that. He's like, journalism, Josh, what are you doing? Yeah, like, right? I, I, I don't know, but 
Yeah. She took it well, though. Like, I, I had talked to her a couple times before, so I, yeah. I think she took it well. But, yeah, funny funny question that I just remembered that I had asked on there. But, anyway, <laughs> favorite – I don't know if there's one interview that I enjoyed the most in particular, but I did like having maybe some of the more, uh, I guess, obscure guests, guys yeah. like, uh, I guess, the student assistants or, uh, like, Jimmy Hoffman yeah coming in and like i guess giving those guys i guess a voice or a chance to talk about what they do and get them some recognition yeah i that was pretty cool yeah and it was just a great overall time man like i i always say this and i've told jamie and josh this like that was some of the best like that's the reason why i do this now and why i love i missed it so much and i came back to it because there's just something about talking about the thing you love and then having that, that we have that passion, but also the mindset of God's the, the forefront of what we do. And there's that ability that we have to now use our platform. And so um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and, and I hope you guys did as well. Uh, Jamie, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. It was a, it was a blast. I love this. This was awesome. I know this was great. Thank you for having me again. Of course. I really missed it. One thing I wish we would have done, with the full court press was like record the episodes oh my like gosh, I would have a video it. of it. Like I know yeah, it was a podcast. So we just there were so many good memories of even just before I went back in practice. That I was yeah. like the like you two were two of like my best friends in the college. I will never like you were two of the best people and you continue to be two of the best people that I'll know for the rest of my life. And so this was really awesome. I was like ah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it was and I always say that Josh and I I, so if you don't know, Jamie, I randomly like asked Josh to be a guest host on my, on this podcast. And then like, then after we were done, I was like, Hey, do you want to like do this? Like, Hey, do you just like, want to, you just want to like do this now? <laughs> and then we're like, and we're both like, yeah, let's do this. So it's, it's been really cool. Um, and so thank you, Jamie, so much, uh, thank Josh, thanks for, me. thanks for not fighting and like arguing with her too much. I appreciate it. We're civil you know, people. A little debate. You know, I'm just a little screen. debate. Okay. little debate. Uh, well, everyone, if you've loved this episode of the podcast, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. You know, because we have not only all these podcast episodes, but we also have videos like with my wife of her doing bracketology, her also the phone call that she did that now is going to live in infamy. Um, but there's just so many other things that go on on the YouTube channel. And then if also if you like it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I'll kind of keep you in the loop too with everything going on. So once again, uh, we thank you so much for listening and I hope you have an amazing week. And until next time, we'll see ya.